0: Welcome to The Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host,
1: keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of The Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Sonny Sultani on the line. Sonny, how are you today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Great to have you here today. We want to talk about launching a business during a pandemic. Uh, at the time of this show, uh, we're right in the middle of the COVID nineteen situation, and it's impacting people across the globe. So, I want to get a little bit about uh, some information about you, your background, and and talking about you know why why is it actually a good idea to start looking at uh, launching a business during a pandemic?
0: Well. Um- Michael I think it's a good time to to start a business actually I, you know pandemics the last business I started was uh, in 2000 uh, at the end of 2006 so we got stuck in the you know 2008 2009 recession the last time and uh, you know starting a business during recession uh, it makes your stomach go into knots it's definitely uh, harder than uh, you know uh, when things are great, but there are there are things that are working here that uh, that uh, one uh, it, it, we go through a few of them, but uh, I th- I think that this is probably the best time if you ever thought about opening a business to do so.
1: Well, there's so many opportunities uh, because everyone realizes, especially during any type of a recession or what we're going through right now. That the safety net, quote unquote, of your workplace, you may not be there for you. And this is an opportunity for many people to take stock in in what they want to do when they grow up. Although I don't recommend anybody grow up, grow old. Okay, if we have to, fine. But don't grow up. Uh, but I think launching a business, especially in times like this, where there are so many needs, you know, look and see where the needs are and somebody will come up with an idea that will create something that we will use in our daily lives. You know, we think about, like I said, your business that you launched at in you know, 06. We think of so many other businesses that launched during the economic recession of 07, 08, 09 and even bled into 2010 that are commonplace. We we use them every day. You know, the ride sharing services, for example, you know, they launched back then and you know, so many people, including myself, when we used to be able to fly on planes, you know, I, I would use those ride-sharing services instead of you know, renting a car because in the, the line of work that I do, I typically go into an area and I do speaking and then I leave. So renting a car is just going to setting a hotel parking lot and I'm not really going to go anywhere. It, it, it just seemed more cost-effective for me to use rideshare now of course the rental car companies you know don't like hearing that but again that's a business that needs to pivot and adjust accordingly so um, you know what are some of the businesses you think uh, would be i mean I'm not trying to get you to do a crystal ball per se but what do you think some you know good solid business ideas would be uh, for people to explore you know at this particular time when so many of us are um, you know we're either working from home or you know, quarantine uh, in our places of residence during this pandemic? You know, I, there's no
0: like one type of business that's a good fit. Obviously, it's good to think about innovation and it's great to think about technology that gets used during this time and, and uh, making our lives a little bit better, helping our quality of life while we stay at home, etc. But not all businesses have to really pivot For this time, some businesses are going to get started that are going to be, um, you know, focus on your strengths, focus on what you really can, you know, uh, deliver. And uh, I think just make sure it's something that you feel is going to be around for a little bit of time. And uh, it doesn't have to be innovative. It doesn't have to be even uh, uh, new. It just has to be something that you're passionate around and people will see that. One of the things that's clear is that during these moments where there's a lull in the market, I'm going to call it a lull because we're not quite sure if we should call this a recession yet, or if this is a uh, if this extends a little bit longer than it might be. But the the thing is that it opens opportunity for people who enter in because oftentimes when you enter in the marketplace for the first time, you're going to be cheaper than those who have been around and who have overhead and have so your costs are going to be less than those who have accumulated uh, square footage and t- software and other things that uh, you might not have coming in. And this might be prime opportunity for a business to, who's trying to cut costs to kind of look your way. And some of these are going to be really great businesses that are going to be looking for new vendors because they just are trying to rework their books. Um, they don't want to lose their labor. So, the best way to do that is do some cost cutting measures and uh, you might be approached with uh, by companies that you normally would never have had the opportunity to get approached by.
1: and' it's, it's a great example on organizations that can take this time, which it's quiet mostly. I know some businesses are working and I'm seeing a, and, and the statistics are showing that a lot of people that are working remotely, are working 40% more than they were prior to uh, the outbreak happening. Uh, But I think there's a lot of organizations that are in this kind of holding pattern. And it's a great opportunity to look at a, you know, basically a, like you said, the vendors that are coming into the mix that could do the job probably better, or at least the same as your current vendors at a much lower price because they don't have the overhead. And many organizations too, it's a good opportunity to kind of cut your own cost. And one of the ways to do that, and I know the commercial real estate people are not going to be happy with me saying this, but with so many organizations that have been working remotely for the past few months, they're realizing, hopefully, that a lot of the work that is being done can be done remotely. So that gives them the opportunity to potentially downsize the the number of square footage they need to operate, Uh, and and especially with social distancing, physical distancing, when people start returning to the workplace, we're not going to be able to shoehorn everybody in all those cubicle farms again, at least for the foreseeable future, because you're going to be, quite frankly, too close. So you're going to have to either, A, go to scattered scheduling, where, okay, there's a cube farm of four people in a particular area. Well, two can work and two can't, so you Basically say, okay, these two work remotely, these two come in, or it may be a case where they say, you know, we can do all of this remotely. And And what it means is for the commercial real estate is there's going to be a lot of inventory available in the foreseeable future as these leases start to expire and organizations may be able to get into real estate cheaper than they were before if they do physically need to have a place to work or gives you the opportunity to take those savings that you've been spending on rent and put it into R&D or launch a new product that you've been wanting to, but you're like, well, we don't have the resources. Well, all of a sudden, if you just cut your costs by not paying as much rent, guess what? You just found some additional revenue, assuming your revenue levels are are coming in uh, the way that they were before. And that's a big assumption for many businesses, but for most, and I agree with you, I think this ultimately is going to be a downturn But I think it will rebound because there's too much at stake not to allow that to happen. And I think people, once we're able to go out and play again, not as just individuals, but as organizations, we're going to say, okay, we want to start moving things along. Because the economy prior to this, for most industries, was doing quite well. Um, And it's amazing how quickly things can turn when you toss in a little pandemic into the mix.
0: Yeah. I mean, commercial real estate's an interesting topic for sure. And, uh, you know, but we have to remember a couple of things. One is that we're not really working from home right now. We're at home working because of a crisis. It's very different than doing this long term. It's the same as like going to vacation and saying, I'm going to live here now. It's, it's, you know, you were in vacation mode. Now you're going to live here. It's a very different mode of operation right now there's a lot of businesses who are working from home getting high productivity from workers and i think the reason that they're getting those high productivity is because we're in a crisis we're also scared of losing our jobs we're trying to make sure our employers see that we're working you know that's a we need some time for this to go through for us to before we throw commercial real estate under the bus and say that they're not viable anymore because of work from home technology we need to make sure that workers feel like this could be a long-term solution, not just for the worker, but for the employer, for both of them. Because the employer might think, oh, this is great. I save money. The worker might go, well, this is depressing. This is not for me. And you don't want that turnover either. So you have to have a, a nice balancing act. The other thing is, this will also, I think for those who do like to work from home, I love to work from home. Uh, I'm actually. A, this is working out really well for me being at home because it's just commute time. I, I value time more than anything else in the in the world. Money is uh, one currency, but time is a currency that's the most uh, uh, you know lucrative to me. And so, me saving an hour a day is, is pretty huge. And uh, you know, getting that back for my family or for whatever I want to do is is pretty. Uh, it's been great, but. You know, One of the things I was uh, uh, really thinking about is commercial real estate will pivot. And in some cases, it'll pivot into the individual homes. Some of these uh, uh, owners who are going to be working from home and some workers that are working from home may want to convert the garage into a workplace. You're going to have those opportunities come up. Construction teams are going to do small jobs to build offices. Remember, there's a tax deduction for office space in the home. so. Yes, maybe that will change residential real estate market and commercial real estate might have a play here in the residential market uh, that they never thought that they did before. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I know a couple of commercial real estate can be converted into residential pretty easily just based on the way they look and feel. So I wouldn't be surprised if some of that happens too.
1: Yeah, I think we're going to see some hybrids of all kinds of different things. And, you know, especially with the commute as well. I I don't anticipate that every organization's going to say, okay, we're just going to have a fully remote workforce. There'll probably be a hybrid of some things. And you hit a great point where, you know, some people, you know, like you, myself, I love working. Remotely, it gives me a lot of flexibility and do some different things. Where I know some people, you know, in in the leadership space and organizations I've worked with, that really struggled when their organization organization actually went virtual. Uh, I worked for an organization many years ago that fully. Uh, went remote on their national office, saving all kinds of money. But it's created some interesting dynamics where a couple colleagues, one absolutely loves it, thinks it's the greatest thing that's ever happened in his life. And I know the other individual struggling with it a little bit because they miss the social interaction with people. And yes, you can do interaction over a zoom call, but nothing beats face to face and having a conversation. Uh, and everything else that goes with it. So, I do see some opportunities, but uh, if organizations want to consider doing it, they should definitely look at a very long run of let's you know, map this out. Let's do pros and cons, and not necessarily just implement yes. it immediately. This and, and your point is, is well noted, where you know we are working remotely because of a crisis. If, if this didn't happen, we wouldn't have the number of people working from home right now that we do. It just, it wouldn't be the case. There there wasn't a wave of organizations wanting to do that. That wasn't on the, I know for a fact that wasn't on the to-do list for majority of organizations for 2020 to let's virtualize our organization. That wasn't on the list. Uh, But it's a good dry run for many organizations to see, okay, could we look at this maybe in certain markets where, you know, the cost of living is really high, for example, you know, let's say in Toronto or San Francisco or LA or other places where it's really expensive to live in those areas where if we virtualize that office, then our employees could come or work from anywhere. And then we would, you know, save some money there. You know, there is, the, you got to look at all of the pieces I mean, and. figure out.
0: Right. I mean, you, you started listing off some of the pros and, and cons. I mean, it, look, it's, it's better for the environment if we all work from home, obviously, because we're not utilizing our, our uh, mode of transportation, you know, that takes, uh, sucks some energy up and, you know, it, it's, it's a benefit to some who like you can own a dog, you can live anywhere. Right. You could, live where rent is cheaper, if that's a value, you can, you know, you can live in an urban area if that's a value of yours. There are a lot of positives here from working from home, but there's also a lot of positives from going into the office. I mean, if I was, uh, you know, just starting off in my, in my industry, You know, there's nothing that is better than to learn and be mentored by people who are seasoned and who've been in the industry for a while and see the way they operate with clients and see the way they they do things and organize themselves. And, you know, things you can't normally see day to day, you know, uh, when you're sitting at home and on on a Zoom conference, you you can't see like the way that they operate with a boss, for example, or interact with their bosses. Uh, that helps you, uh, you know, when you're ready to get that promotion, you're starting to mimic behaviors that were successful. That's what, so you, you're going to lose that for some of the, uh, the younger folks who are just getting into the workplace, they, they're going to have to be intrinsically motivated. They're going to have to be better researchers uh, to find answers, but they're not going to know that mode of communication. That well, you know, we knew growing, you know, going to work the first time. So there are definitely some positives on both ends. There's definitely some negatives on both ends. I think it's it's going to be interesting which businesses decide to do what. And uh, I, you know, I, again, a I, something that was forced upon us because of the pandemic, but it's uh, definitely become a debatable topic after we go back into uh, 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 you know non-crisis mode.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think, again, it's an opportunity for us to not rush into things and making a decision about how we want to run our businesses or do we want to work a little bit more remote or less or and, and communicate with your teams, figure out what they want, you know, what makes sense to them because... If your organization's like, yeah, we're fully on board with virtualizing our office and we don't want this space, then, and the productivity of what you need to do to serve your customer, uh, whoever they are and whatever you make, then, okay, that makes sense. But looking at those pros and cons and really taking a look at it, I think makes a lot of sense because otherwise you can make the wrong decision and really create additional havoc and there's enough chaos and havoc in the world we don't need to add any more to it just because we made the wrong decision on on what we want to do with our office you know in, in many cases even if an organization said yeah we want to virtualize most people are in you know longer term leases so in order to break a lease that's going to be a little pricey and i'm Pretty certain that the commercial real estate and the landlord aren't going to be necessarily open to allowing you to end the lease early. So, you know, this discussion of virtualizing for many organizations could be several years out before they do it. But again, it it, it boils down to figuring out okay, what makes the most sense? How can we best serve our client needs now and in the future? Would there be any impact? But what you said is spot on. The nuances. Of mimicking successful people is not as easy when you're watching or talking with them on a screen than it is to physically be there, know them, talk with them, walk and get coffee at the local coffee shop. Just the nuances of that. Those are things that I cherish and I, I enjoy doing it, even though I say, you know, I work remotely a lot. I. I cherish those interactions with people, not just people that I work with, but just people in general and, you know, getting out and and seeing different people and experiencing different things. It makes life more full. And
0: yeah. And uh, I don't, uh, uh, I, you know, I'm going to be optimistic for commercial real estate. I'm going to be optimistic for the co-working spaces of the world. I mean, people want to work with people they know and they trust. It's hard to know someone and trust someone behind a screen it's It's always nicer to to get to know people when they see them face to face and uh, you know, some of your best clients are the ones that you kind of get to see and you know interact with and uh, and going back to almost full circle with you know starting a business during the pandemic, you know I think one of the challenges will be for those who do start is. Is just that, is the fact that they don't get to go out to just lunch with a potential client. You know, they've got to do this virtually. The good news is their competitors have to kind of do this virtually too. So we're, you know, everyone's in the same kind of boat. But it's interesting the tactics that will come out of this uh, from a sales standpoint of how to engage uh, potential clients uh, when you're not in front of them. Because I feel like a lot of salespeople need that physical uh, presence to really uh, you know, dive in and get to know someone.
1: It's, yeah, it's definitely an interesting dynamic, not only from a sales aspect of things, but even in the space that I play in with public speaking. You know, normally, you would be on a stage, you've got an audience, you're interacting with them, you're, you're getting the energy from the audience, and you're making eye contact, and you're, you're gauging how they are receiving what you're talking about. And if you, you can adjust and adapt you know, your talk based on the dynamics of the room and, and what their you know, interests they're in, and you can say, okay, well, I'm going to take that section out because I don't think it'll work with this group. But if you're doing something virtually and you don't see the eyeballs on the other side of this camera lens, it's, it's a definitely a different dynamic. And I know salespeople for sure are going to be struggling. And uh, even in the travel industry um, situation where they're, they're worried about business travel, yeah, there may be more of these types of calls for business interactions. But when it comes to signing that deal, um, there's going to be face to face. It's not gonna be well here, let me email you this and email it back. Not for large scale you know, deals and mergers and acquisitions. They're not gonna do it virtually. They're gonna want face to face out to dinner, talk with people, get to know who their new dance partners are, because that's the no like and trust factor kicks in and as close as we can be on you know, a video call, where we can see the dynamics of, of our facial features and whatnot, it's still not the same. It doesn't replicate fully
0: the interaction
1: of of talking with somebody and sitting down and you know having an adult beverage or you know, sharing a dinner or talking about you know what what we think is going to happen you know in 2024 and whatever the case may be, Th- those dynamics are are different when it's on. this virtual type of thing so it definitely makes sense. you know what
0: i michael you know what i remember is i remember in 2008 attending my first virtual trade show and if you've ever been to a virtual trade show before they're uh uh kind of interesting back then the graphics weren't that great but the uh technology was there to to do it and um i thought oh, wow, this is it. We're never going to go back to doing a physical trade show again. This is just going to get better. But, you know, 2010 comes around and all those trade shows are back up and they're completely packed again. And, you know, and what that taught me was that we as a culture like getting on a plane and enjoy meeting face to face. You know, while I see this pandemic is really challenging how we interact right now, and some of uh, of what we do will change, but I think that piece of our culture, you know, even even through the last recession, while we had the technology to really alter that, we went right back to what we knew because that just felt better for us. So it's it's interesting to me. I you know, so when people say commercial real estate and they give me the doomsday scenario for. Uh, all of that i kind of look at it as yeah there might be some pivoting happening uh, but i don't think commercial real estate's going to get lost we're still going to need that space and you know what if uh if they've got a lot of room well and we need the technology to do more zoom calls well that means more servers need to get up and that requires space as well so yeah i'm i'm i'm, I'm with you 100 percent. it'll be very interesting in that uh I know we took it to a <laughs> it took it too far in that direction, but
1: no. It, but it, it ties into a lot of the things that we talked about today, and it's it it gives people this bigger picture of things to look at. And there's going to be a lot of nuances and a lot of pieces to this puzzle as we sort through it. But you know, the key of it is is to be patient with it, and you know, look for those opportunities to to grow your business and and pivot and, and change things that make the most sense and, and take the time to do it. So Sonny, I've enjoyed our conversation today. Where can people find out more about you and the awesome work you do? Yeah, so uh, I own a company
0: called 120 over 80. We're a digital marketing company that uh, works with business to business and professional services. Feel free to go on to our website 120, that's 120 over O V E R 8080.com 120 over 80.com.
1: And I'll have that in the show notes. So Sonny, thank you so much for your time today and your insights. Uh, we've got some interesting days ahead of us, but you know, I know that uh, there's people like you in the world that are going to help guide the rest of us to make those uh, right choices when the time comes up.
0: Yeah, I just hope people aren't afraid. I mean, the fear <laughs> is getting sinking in and it's making yeah. people uh, make some, I, I would say, poor choices. Uh, you know, uh, Maybe conservative choices is the right word. But uh, I hope for the best through all this. Uh, And, Michael, this was kind of fun. Uh, Thank you for uh, having me on your show. And, uh, you know, uh, I hope I didn't pivot too far from what you were hoping for.
1: No, this was a great conversation. Thank you, Sonny.
0: All right. Thanks. Bye.
1: Thanks for listening to The The Breakfast Breakfast Leadership Leadership Show, Show, part of The Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.